there are certain characters that jump out you know and sometimes you begin to wonder what's what's exactly happening with this character why is he there and uh, you know very often when i was an early christian uh, i would read certain stories and i think you know this is not even worth it is just mentioned in passing you know like these uh, certain personalities are there when you're watching a movie they just come and go they are a flash in the pan they just there to help the hero look good but as i began to grow in my studying and understanding of the bible i realized no one no one in the bible is just by accident you know god has intentionally put these characters there so whether that character is for one verse or a one chapter or one book you know or many many books uh, these guys are there for a purpose guys and gals they are there for a purpose and their story tells us so much more and the more you study their stories the more you are you know enlightened and that is one of my um, joys of studying the bible is to study these characters that uh, usually you know we we can overlook so we are going to pray and start and i'm going to soon introduce you to uh, uh, an amazing character i tell you is why is amazing okay come let's pray brothers and sisters let's prepare our hearts that god will minister to us father we just want to thank you lord we thank you that you are a good good father truly lord we love this theme that you are our abba father thank you for the privilege that you've given us lord no religion no person no um, book can give us that privilege that you've given us lord to call you father father we come before you we pray that you would speak to us this morning speak from your word that is uh, breathed by you lord all scripture is god breathed we believe that lord we know that nothing in the book is an accident lord the scriptures of yours are alive and they minister to us every time we turn to them we pray lord this morning also it will be no different may your anointing rest on me lord help me to communicate effectively and for my brothers and sisters to receive the word without distraction we pray this in your precious name lord jesus amen amen all right i'm not going to do a presentation this morning uh, i was in two minds whether to do a presentation but then i thought it is best that i share the story so uh there are a few verses that i'd like to turn so i will request you to turn when when it comes okay but i'm going to tell you a story from the cross the time of the cross okay so let me just say give you give a bit of uh, background of what has happened so far we're going to start from the night that jesus was betrayed okay so some so jesus has gathered with his disciples uh in the garden of gethsemane this is where jesus is at and um, what is happening is jesus has already updated his disciples he's informed them time and again that his time is near and he's going to die but the disciples have not fully comprehended what jesus is talking about okay so let's begin the story sometime sometime post midnight jesus had been betrayed by judas so there is judas he comes with the roman soldiers and he kisses jesus and betrays him and where is jesus he's in the garden of gethsemane what do the disciples do the first reaction of the disciples is to attack you know they go for an attack they they feel this is a full throttle fight so we versus the soldiers the soldiers were in thousands and the disciples were probably just you know a handful not even judas on their side so they were all of you know all of 12 including jesus uh, but jesus quickly turns to them and says no 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 we are not going to be aggressive about this we are not going to fight and the moment they hear this they know they are they're going to fall for the trap so get taking the advantage of darkness they all disappear they run away they desert jesus and flee you know and that's when the soldiers 
capture Jesus. And then what happens? Then the Gospels tell us what happens. So first Jesus is taken to a guy called Annas. Now who is Annas? Annas was a priest when Jesus was born. But right now he is not the priest. He had five sons. But uh, his son-in-law, whose name is Caiaphas, was the high priest. The high priest. But Annas was so powerful. He had such, you know, he wielded such power in the Sanhedrin that uh, Jesus was first taken to Annas because he was the boss. Even though Caiaphas was the priest, he was taken to Annas. Now Annas questions Jesus, and uh, you know he's not happy. So he send, then sends him to Caiaphas, and then we know how wicked Caiaphas is. Caiaphas confronts Jesus and says, "Tell us if you are the Son of God." And uh, then he tears his robes and all that drama, and says, "No, you have blasphemed." And then uh, you know the Sanhedrin begins to question him. The Sanhedrin was made of people who were the Sadducees. They were not very happy with Jesus, so they become they begin to question him, and there is a mock trial that happens. Then. Bible doesn't tell us what happened for a few hours, but some scholars believe that Jesus spent some time, some hours in an underground cell because that is what they would do. Then very early in the morning, probably even before sunrise, he was taken to Pilate. Pilate was upset, you know, his sleep is broken. Who is this guy? Why has he come? But he must be crucified. This is urgent. So they wake up Pilate and Pilate is so upset. He's, he's powerful. So he says, no, no, listen, send him to Herod. He goes to Herod. Herod is very keen to meet Jesus, but he's not at all impressed because Jesus is very quiet. And he says, no, 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 I've heard such good things about you and you are powerful and this and that. But what is this? You are not responding. You're not, all these people are accusing you. So Herod says, ah, you've disappointed me. Send him back to Pilate. Now Jesus is going to and fro. Okay. While all this is happening, you can understand Jesus has not slept for the whole night. His body is tired. I'll tell you why I'm telling you this. So now Pilate, now he's gone back to Pilate. Now Pilate can't uh, avoid this. He's got to take a call. So he goes to the crowd and says, listen, I understand that you've brought this guy from Nazareth to me. Okay. But I have an offer for you. I can either give you Barabbas, who was a terrible criminal, or I can give you this Jesus of Nazareth, who you call the king of Jews. Uh, who do you want to be set free? And the crowd choose Barabbas. Okay. We know that. While Jesus, now what happens to Jesus? The crowd yells, says, crucify him, crucify him. We want to be done with him. Enough of Jesus. And even though Pilate tries his best, he can't do anything because the crowd is now becoming a mob. And so Pilate is scared because his job is to make sure that there is peace in that region. So finally, Pilate gives in and says, fine, fine. We will crucify him. And then he hands him over to the soldiers and then becomes the worst ordeal. Jesus is mocked, he's cursed, he's beaten, he's ripped apart. A crown of thorns is pressed upon his brow, upon his face. His face is bleeding, his body is covered with bruises and cuts. The brutal torture and continual loss of blood left Jesus exhausted. He's not eaten anything. He's weak, he's in excruciating pain. To make matters worse, now it was the responsibility of the one on whom the cross was sentenced to carry the cross from the palace to a place called Golgotha, which is called the place of skull, which is you can imagine, you know, all skulls lying around, all heads, dead bodies. So that is the place. Now this place was outside the city, which meant that Jesus had to walk over a kilometer. Now a brisk walk would take around 40 minutes, but Jesus is carrying a beam 
that is 135 kgs it's that heavy imagine 135 kgs it's like literally carrying two heavy people you know he's carrying like two people like me he's carrying these two uh, these two beams which are so heavy he's beaten there's a lot of blood that has been lost and as he begins to walk uh, he's tired it must have taken one one and a half hour approximately for jesus to reach the cross now as he goes every step for jesus is agony it is pain it is unimaginable for us brothers and sisters what jesus went through now the soldiers realize now there are three people mind you who are carrying their crosses they are all going though none of them the other two haven't been beaten so badly as jesus has been you know because jesus was a case of kunnas you know they were they were um, yeah they were bitter about jesus and so the 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 roman soldiers were instigated by the pharisees and the sadducees to to beat jesus brutally so he's been given those 39 lashes with each lash ripping him apart you know his back his body everything he's hurt and they made sure that there is no mercy and as jesus begins to walk the soldiers realize the soldiers realize that this guy is not going to make it to the cross no he's too weak he's too weak because he's lagging behind he's going some traditions say that jesus even faltered and fell but that is not true because the scripture doesn't mention that though some movies have depicted that jesus stumbled and fell but that's not true because that is not scripture and but having said that it is very clear that jesus is not going to make it to the top there's a hill and you can imagine with all of this now here comes our character if you have your bibles brothers and sisters please turn with me to matthew chapter 27 matthew chapter 27 verse 32 okay now what this roman soldiers did what they had great power okay they had great authority far more than our uh, cops do they had uh, they were given power by caesar and they could take hold of anyone any any person in the crowd and ask them to do something and the person could not refuse no one could refuse whether he was rich or poor male or female they could not refuse you remember that verse in the bible where jesus said that if someone asks you to go one mile remember the sermon on the mount yeah in matthew 5 if someone asks you to go one mile do what go two miles right why because they had the power to ask anyone to go one mile one mile is quite a distance and they could say hey you come here carry my bag for the next one mile and then after one mile they would catch someone else and whether you're going in an opposite direction you're busy it didn't matter and this is where our champion comes in now i'll tell you why he's so special okay. matthew 27 verse 32 as they were going out they met a man from cyrene named simon and they forced him to carry the cross right so our boy has entered into the scene okay let me introduce you to simon the cyrene the man who helped jesus carry the cross okay so what is uh, who is this simon what do we know about him he's just mentioned once in each of the synoptic gospels okay synoptic gospels are matthew mark and luke he's mentioned there and uh, cyrene was a place uh, which is modern day north, north africa okay it is in fact modern day libya exactly the place and cyrene was one of those two largest towns of north africa which had over 1 lakh people it was a very cosmopolitan mix you know think of something like mumbai 
it had of course mumbai's got large lot more numbers but it was a very cosmopolitan mix of jewish heritage it had roman rule greek culture and african influence you know like what we call today a melting pot you know? so everything was in there and um, a great many jews would live lived in cyrene and they would travel every time for the festival you know a jew an orthodox jew was very religious and they had to come to jerusalem for passover and pentecost you know? these were two festivals that were celebrated in the old testament so the time between the passover and the pentecost was usually around 7 weeks so they took time out and they traveled for 3 weeks 3 weeks they would travel because the distance from cyrene to jerusalem is around 1500 kilometers i hope you're staying with me okay these back this these details are important now some would say let me just detour the simon was black because he was african some would even claim that uh, probably simon the cyrene was the first black convert now i'll tell you what happens next but uh, are we sure about this um not so sure i'll tell you why because the bible doesn't say that he was black in color okay even if he was from north africa it could be possible that he was a jew living in north africa because there were many jews like i mentioned who lived you know it was a trade trade place and it was well to do financially so a lot of people would have moved there and come back he could be black yes he could be black you know you never know uh, or oh, it's only in heaven when we go and do uh, meet uh, simon the cyrene that we will know whether he was black or brown or white it doesn't matter to us so much uh, it does matter in the west uh, you know that uh, if, because black people if he was a black then he was the first black convert and that makes them feel good um, but i just wanted to settle that controversy uh was he a jew he could have been a jew or he could have been a proselyte now there were a lot of people who were converting to judaism mind you it was a very attractive religion and so there were many people who had converted uh, to judaism so he could be one of them what we do know is where was simon staying okay so luke tells us that he was staying in the countryside which means he was not staying in jerusalem why see the population of jerusalem was around 6 lakh people small population not not a big place okay 6 lakh people but during the festival it swore it went up to 20 lakh people triple the time so you can understand you know how jerusalem is it can handle 6 lakh people but it can't handle 20 lakh people so all the inns are full all the hotels are packed and uh, you know people are living into people's homes and those who could not afford would often take house outside the city you know which is called the country place and then they would travel every morning they would come into the city be a part of the festival and do all the rituals that they had to do and then go out stay there the night and then come back we are told uh, from this we can assess that simon was a middle class man you know an ordinary pilgrim who was doing his duty in attending the feast traveling into city every day it would not have been easy but that is what he did okay now imagine this now i want you to imagine this whole scenario please it will make our story very interesting so here simon has woken up the countryside he doesn't know what is happening in the city what is the night that jesus has been through one of the worst nights ever simon has slept through the night like a good jew who wakes up early in the morning says his prayers that he had to say okay and then he gets ready is all set to go into jerusalem today is a special day mind you for simon why because it is the day 
when the Passover lamb is going to be sacrificed. So for the Jews, it was a special day. You know, the slaying of the Passover lamb, you cannot miss that. So he gets up in the morning and he heads. He starts walking towards the uh, towards Jerusalem, towards. But as he comes closer, he sees a crowd coming out of the city. Now he suddenly begins to wonder, what is this crowd all about? There is so much noise. There is so much chaos. Probably a few thousand people there shouting and screaming. As he gets closer, he sees a horrific sight. A sight that no Jew would like. I will tell you more about it. The Jews hated crucifixion. They hated from the core of their heart. You know, as he comes close by, he sees three men. Three men who are separated and who are carrying their cross and walking. He recognizes that these are criminals. So he doesn't want to do anything with them. He's probably uh, made a passage or trying to sneak out from the left, you know, get away. But, uh, you know, if luck would have it, okay. One of the soldiers picks on Simon. He says, hey, you, Simon. He doesn't even know his name. He says, you come here. And Simon is so embarrassed among so many people he's been picked on. You know, and this is not something that he's going to be rewarded. Okay. So Simon is wondering, oh my goodness, the soldier has called me. Why now? Why? What is he going to ask me to do? And he says, you, you see that third guy? Yeah, he's too weak. Come on, carry his cross. Do it. And Simon can't do anything. He can't run away because they could have arrested him. He can't deny because they could have punished him. You know, the soldiers could have been very nasty. Now Simon looks at Jesus. There he is, all beaten, bruised. What does Simon know about Jesus? At this point, probably nothing. He doesn't even know his name. All he sees is a criminal who's been beaten. And um, Simon is forced. He's very upset. He's obviously disappointed. Why, why me? Huh? What did I do? Why me? You could have picked up anybody. I was just walking by. Probably he looked strong. So the soldiers picked him up. We don't know why. Or probably he gave a look to the soldier. God knows what happened. But they pick on Simon and they say, you carry. Now this seems like an accident. And my good friend Dharmesh will tell you, there is no accident in the kingdom of God. You know, he says, what is the word you use? Godsidentant. There is no coincidence. There is Godsidence. I like that word. Okay. Now we're going to look at Simon. Okay. This is the story gets very interesting, brothers and sisters. So like I mentioned to you, all three synoptic gospels mention this. And I'm going to read all three verses. And I'll tell you why I'm reading. Because each verse slightly gives us uh, different information about Simon. Okay. So the first thing that happened, can we learn some amazing lessons from this story? From the story of Simon of Cyrene, though it's a story of one verse, it has major important lessons for us. The first lesson, the first lesson is interruption. Can everybody say that word? Interruption. Stay on mute and say, okay. Interruption. What does it mean? See, here was Simon. He was on his way to worship God. And suddenly he gets interrupted. Interrupted for what? To help Christ get to the cross to redeem the world. You understand? He doesn't know this, but we know this. This is so exciting. He didn't volunteer for it. He didn't say, oh, oh hello. I think this man is finding it too difficult. Can I carry his cross? No. He is grabbed out of the crowd. And suddenly he is compelled into the greatest moment in human history. Simon has no idea what he is doing. You know, he will go down in history. His name will be mentioned in the scriptures that here is a man who helped Jesus carry the cross. 
the one who carried everybody's cross you know simon will be helping jesus so you understand this moment why i'm saying this brothers and sisters is because we never know what is god's interruption for us amen as in this year been the year of interruption hallelujah you know hasn't this year been the year of interruption all of us made plans some of us started in november december jan feb this is how 2020 is going to be i am going to get married i'm going to start my business this is what i'm going to do that is what is my plan this is where i'm going to go on a sabbatical and you know i'm going to go to new zealand i'm going to do this i'm going to do that this is where i will invest that is when i will you know make transactions all of it we worked out what is the year been like the year 2020 if you sum up sum it up in one word it has been an interrupting year isn't that true yeah can i hear an amen you know it has been an interrupting year the year has come suddenly unexpectedly it has been a random year random year nobody in their wildest dreams would have thought this is how the year is going to be just as simon was picked up randomly this year has been a random year but i want the year is a good news and i will tell you the good news very shortly but understand there is nothing called blind chance there is nothing called accident in the kingdom of god god is sovereign brothers and sisters over everything if you're making notes write this down if you're not just register this the interruptions of man is the divine intervention of god hallelujah the interruption that appear you know like this is man made interruptions the interruptions of man are divine interventions of god amen so god is at work you know jesus uh, i just hope i don't run out of time jesus loved interruptions he loved interruptions he never looked at interruption and said nah, what nonsense what is happening when children you know when parents came with children and the the disciples were like hey don't interrupt jesus Shit. get lost and jesus was like no 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 let the interruptions come to me <laughs> he didn't say interruption but he said children he said let the children come to me i don't mind them you know interrupting me please let them come to me you understand mary at cana jesus has gone to enjoy the festival the wedding and uh, mary comes and interrupts jesus since they've run out of wine and jesus mentions to her my time has not come and yet he goes and performs a miracle you remember the time when jesus is going to uh Jairus's house because his daughter is very serious and the disciples are with them and they know Jairus is an important person and if Jesus manages to heal his daughter uh, you know this will go into good books it's a nice box ticked that we have Jairus on our side but what happens there is an interruption a woman an unknown woman who's been bleeding for 12 years comes and interrupts Jesus's plan says before you go to Jairus please meet my need you know she comes and steals healing and you know there are so many interruption stories and jesus loved interruptions and that is what we love about jesus you know for him i i think i renu was perf- wonderful when she pointed there is no one who is more important or less important i don't know why renu said that you know but renu you were so prophetic when you said that that is just so true for jesus each one of us is important hallelujah hallelujah are you getting excited about this story i am i am even if it's got to go over two sundays i'm going to take my time okay so we see we see this here is um simon thinking this is what i'm going to do i have my day planned he may be coming to jerusalem probably in the afternoon i'm going to meet friends 
have some snacks with him, visit my auntie, visit my niece. And, you know, he's planned out his day. It's going to be a super day. It's, it's the Passover lamb, probably even eat with some of the family members like the Orthodox Jews did. He's sorted his plan. He's, everything is sorted. And bam! Bam! He sees oh, these Roman soldiers muttered in his breath. These wicked men. But look at Luke. I told you I'm going to read all three scriptures, right? Look at Luke. Luke chapter 23 verse 26 says, As the soldiers led him away, they seized Simon from Cyrene, who was on his way in from the country. Right? I mentioned that. And put the cross on him and made him carry it behind Jesus. You see what Luke is saying? Luke is saying that Simon helped Jesus carry the cross. So whether Jesus let the cross and let Simon carry it or Jesus carried it. But imagine Simon coming from behind and helping Jesus. I am with you. I will, I will travel with you to Golgotha. Not happy. He's not happy about it, mind you. But he's come. Isn't that wonderful? You know, when I read that, I felt this. I'll tell you what I feel is I'm really missing the hall today. You know, I just wanted to be there in front of you. I can't see any of you. Uh, okay. So this is what Jesus, uh, this is what I felt God saying. Jesus is helping people all the time. That is what he's doing even today from heaven, right? He's making us pure. He's making us holy. He's healing us. He's cleansing us. He's ministering to us. He's blessing us. You know, there are so many things that Jesus does to us. But at times he invites someone else. He'll say, hey, Dipesh, can you join me? Dipesh, can you help me in ministering to this guy? And we are those who are behind. You know, we are those who are behind saying, Lord, you're doing it, but we are with you. You know, it says they put the cross on him and made him carry it behind Jesus. Hallelujah. So he's like, I'll carry it. I, I'm here. I'm here to help you. You know, and he is helping Jesus carry the cross. How beautiful is that? How beautiful is that? Right? I mean, not beautiful for Simon at this point. You know, Simon is very cheesed off. But Simon is helping Jesus carry the cross. We are called to carry each other's cross. And I will come to that as a separate point altogether. But can you help someone carry their cross? Can you help? Is that possible? Seems like from this story. You know, as, as family members, we can help one another. I'm not just talking about blood relation. I'm just talking about Masiha church as a family. We can help one another carry our crosses. Some of us are going through extremely difficult time. It has been a time of trial this season. What have we done? We've tried our best as a church to stand with one another. And I want to commend Masiha Church. The way you have given, the way you have cared, the way you have served, you know, sacrificially. Thank you all you rock stars and all you people who volunteered and different ways that people have served. I can't even keep mentioning because I will run out of time. Probably run out of a day. You know, looking at what all Masih has done, bought joy, bought happiness, comforted someone, prayed with someone, given sacrificially. The list goes on and on. Can you give a round of applause for one another? I really am so proud of Masih Church. I was just thanking God the other day as I made this verse. I said, Lord, what a beautiful church you've asked me to lead. I'm privileged to be a member of Masiha Church to know that here are men and women who stand together for one another, with one another, serve them, you know, likes of Jeetus and Ajits and Surens, they're just ready to serve, ready to serve. They put their own line, 
uh, life on the line saying okay if this is what needs to be done we will go and serve you know there are so many heroes and champions and like renu said no one is you know better than the other they are, we are all together in this we are helping one another carry our cross and that is what simon did amen amen okay i'm going to just do another point and i'm going to keep it because i just don't feel that i want to complete this verse there is so much in this okay we've not even come to the mark passage okay so i'm just going to do one more point and i'll let you go but remember this brothers and sisters can we remember this can you remember that if you felt this year has been an interruption okay if this year has been a disappointment this is the title of my message disappointment or divine appointment hallelujah is it a disappointment or is it a divine appointment now you look at how the story unfolds okay it will blow your mind because you thought it's just one verse but there is more to it there is more to it now the second thing was like i mentioned it was a very unfortunate incident for simon you know very unfortunate you would if you were in the crowd you would and you knew simon you would feel oh no bichara simon bichara <laughs> you know so you you would have felt are yaar bad luck ho gaya iske sath bad luck ho gaya you know no jew ever wanted to be anywhere close to a crucifixion he didn't want they hated now i understand it was the jews you are saying like wasn't it the jews because of their hatred for jesus they were so hateful towards jesus that they said we want to crucify we will give him that worst kind of punishment that we hate and here is simon saying oof here's the cross let me just walk away from it why did i even come in the way you know it's like kalibili rasta kati that kind of a thing you know he's just so upset and then he's been asked to touch the cross as a jew he is defiling himself it's defiling it's like despicable for a jew to come anywhere close to the cross and imagine carrying it ye to chalo khaya piya kuch nahi glass thoda bara na mera to koi lena dena bhi nahi hai bhai iske sath you know why am i asked to carry why are you defiling me listen it is it is not right for me to carry he can't even explain to the roman soldier that the guy is not going to listen to him and you can understand how angry simon is how upset how disappointed he is here i have come to serve god and they asking me to carry the cross i have to go back now and have bath and i don't know how many days now i have to remain in containment hello containment you know <laughs> quarantine ho gaya hai simon he's defiled himself by carrying the cross the cross has blood and you know the whole sign of the cross is execution imagine okay just imagine i pray that nothing like this happens to any of us imagine you're going for an interview you're all suited booted and you're walking you have the nice you have a nice bag and you've shaven and you know a lovely day and you're going for an interview it's a big job opportunity for you and suddenly somebody comes and says hey you come here carry this mayat carry this lash chalo hamare sath shamshan ghat you say what why would i do that why would i do that my friend have you lost it i have got a, i have got an agenda i've got a task to complete it's a big day for me why would i carry some dead body i don't even know this person or under what circumstances he died or who is he whether he's a criminal why would i carry and why would i go to the uh, what is samshan call in english cemetery you know how dusty it is and when they burn the body and you know all the flames come on you and all of that you know and and this was much worse mind you cross is much worse there is blood being splattered all over 
And Simon is thinking, oh no, oh no. He's surprised in being single now. Why me? Why me? You know, many of us have felt in this season, Lord, why us? Why, why are we going through, you know, and not just forget the pandemic, even before. If you've been through something, some unfortunate incident, haven't you wondered, why me, Lord? Why did my parents have to be, you know, touched with Corona? Why did my children fall? And why would this happen to my mother? And why is this one, uh, you know, struck with cancer, my relative? Lord, why me, Lord? Why me? You know, we often wonder, right? We often wonder in our lives, why me, Lord? Why have you singled me out? We are surprised. We are upset with this unplanned detour. You know, there are days when we decide, I'm going to rest, I'm going to enjoy, I'm going to chill. And suddenly there's a change of plan. Something happens and um, you're like, oh no, we get very upset when our plans are uh, rescheduled and modified, right? You agree with me? Yeah, I'm sure this church most times would have gone up. We get upset, I get upset, I get terribly upset when if I planned a day and something, someone calls me, something that happens and it disturbs my mind and I can't even now rest. You know, especially if it's a rest day, if it's a day that I'm looking forward to. And then something like this happens and I'm so cheesed off, so ticked off. She's reluctant to be associated with a criminal. Have you been asked to be associated with someone who is not very popular? Who is not, um, you know, the society doesn't think very highly of them. And maybe they are your relatives. Maybe they are your friends. Maybe they are, there is a colleague that you work with very closely who is not you know, like a little dodgy background. And um, I'm coming to that. You understand, right? Where I'm going with this. Imagine we who were sinners, worst kind of sinners. And God who's so holy, so pure, he came so that he can associate with us. He said, I give you the privilege of calling me father. That was Chani's beautiful theme this morning. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that amazing? Hallelujah, I feel this is such a prophetic morning. You see, Simon was feeling so awkward, so embarrassed to be associated with a criminal. Who is this guy, by the way? What has he done? You know, has he murdered? Has he started a riot? Is he a rapist? What kind? I mean, the cross is for the worst criminals, right? Now, Simon is looking at Jesus and wondering, You know, how worst case scenario is this? That and why should I be associated with him? Yeah, I mean, why me? You know, he's reluctant to be associated. He's embarrassed with all the attention he's getting. This is not the kind of attention. They are not cheering for him. They are mocking Jesus and saying, "Hey, you're, you're chosen to help him." <laughs> they are spitting. They are screaming. They are abusing. And Simon is in the midst of all this. He suddenly become the focus of attention, but not the kind of attention that you want. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, this is not the kind of attention that you uh, desire. You know, this is like, oh no, where have I been thrown into all this mess? Now, I, I wanted to encourage you, brothers and sisters. You know, sometimes people look at us and they say, are you a Christian? Like, are you a convert? Convert why? And we've got to give our testimony. And people look at us and they laugh at us and they mock us and they make fun of us because ah, you, you are the one who follows Jesus. Is that the one you, is that, are you those guys? 
Yeah, I, I, I know this. You know, college students feel this all the time. Young people, people at the workplace. Some places we are very happy. We're very secured. You know, we are Christians. We are proud. But some places, let's face it, you and I feel embarrassed. And I'm going to end with this point because there's so much more coming up. But, uh, you know, we do feel that, right? You agree with me? Yeah, can I see a thumbs up? Let's be honest here. I'm putting both my thumbs up. You know, there are times when I'm really embarrassed. Uh, I've been through that for the last 25 years where people have made fun of me at my workplace, at my call center. They're very nice to me. And the moment they come to know that I'm a Christian, and especially I'm a convert from a Hindu religion, I'm a convert. They're like to look down on me with a very condescending manner. Oh, really? Achha. So you guys go about preaching. And oh, okay, you're giving me the gospel track. Okay, so you want me to also to convert, is it? And I've sat into debates with some people and they look at me like, you know, why did you do it? Uh, weren't you happy with your religion? Why are you doing this to us? That kind of a thing, you know? And we, we feel that and Simon would have felt that at that moment. Why is everyone looking at me? Suddenly I have become the villain. Suddenly it looks like I've become the bad guy because I'm helping this, this fellow, God knows who is. You know, at this point, I understand Simon doesn't know anything. But now Simon is going to hear something because Jesus is going to talk. Okay? And that is what is going to happen in Luke. But that we will do next time. Now we will see how God is going to touch this man. And let me give you a secret. His family. Okay? What is coming up will shock you and surprise you and stun you of what God can do. And how he brings us into his plan suddenly and what he transforms us to be. Amen. Can I just pray an end? Just two things I want to tell you. Don't look at this year, brothers and sisters, as interruptions. It is God's divine intervention. It is not an interruption. It is an intervention of God. And you will be convinced next Sunday of what God is going to do. Amen. Hallelujah. And the second is, nothing is unfortunate in God. Even if you are being insulted, great is your reward in heaven. Amen. Jesus said, blessed are those who are insulted because of me. Or in the same way they insulted the prophets who were before you. For great is your reward in heaven. Great is your reward in heaven. Is there someone sitting with you? Tell them, great is your reward in heaven when you suffer for the name of Jesus. It is our privilege that when people mock at us, just rejoice in your heart. Ah, I am glad. <laughs> you know, I am happy that I am being a light. I'm being a salt. Amen. If no one has said to you anything and you've been a Christian for a long time, you should be embarrassed now. <laughs> you should be really embarrassed now. You know, because we are privileged to be pointed out and mocked at. I'll tell you where that leads to next Sunday. Come, let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much, Lord. What an amazing God you are. Truly, there is none like you. We so rejoice in, we, in you, Lord. We are so grateful to you for these stories in the Bible, which are not fiction, but true stories. We thank you for the life of Simon, Lord. As things unfold, we know, Lord, what an amazing story that you're going to write over his life. What a script, Lord, you have for him. And we know that, Lord. We may not see the end. We don't know what's tomorrow, but we know our scripts are written by you. And when you are our script writer, then what an end. As is going to be, Lord. Hallelujah. We delight in that, Lord. We glorify you. We commit this coming week into your hands, Lord. May we be aware of every interruption, knowing that it is an intervention from you, Lord. We commit ourselves. We entrust ourselves to you. We commit all our plans to you, Lord. 
you be the Lord of our life. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.